Hello, and welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. This is the 45th dose, and it's called What Tonsillitis Taught Me. My name is Lindsay Celeste, and I'm making this podcast because I want to share with you some of the real-world magic that I've found. So some of the things in my human experience that strike me as amazing or sparkly or interesting, fascinating, and I believe in magic in the sense of us humans having a lot of power to shape and change our own circumstances. And I also believe in something mysterious past what we can touch and even fully comprehend. And so I talk about that intersection of mystery and magic with our physical experience uh, in this podcast in general. And I'm making this one in particular uh, actually because of a listener response. One of you, when I shared, I think it was in my winter solstice episode, about how I've often been sick around Christmas time and had tonsillitis probably four or five times in my life. I think I've been in hospital twice because of it. Uh, one of you said, oh my goodness, me too. And then I was, this is in a, oh yeah. So if you want to be in touch with me, Instagram is a great way to give me some feedback. Let me know that you listened, what you enjoyed, have some banter, ask me some questions, and you may inspire a future episode like this person did. So... Uh, I said that I have had, I didn't end up getting my tonsils out and that I've had kind of a healing journey around, um, around my tonsils and around that experience and that I've learned a lot from it. So I thought it would be helpful, not only for that listener, but also probably for some of the rest of you to hear about that experience and what I learned, uh, because it informs some of how I approach the world, and you might find it useful. I've given this disclaimer before in other topics, but I am not a medical expert. This is not a medical discussion about tonsillitis, and if your throat is really, really sore, please go see a doctor. Uh, However, I am somebody who has experienced tonsillitis a lot, and I, I have something to say about it. So take this as my experience, and if it's at all helpful to you, then consider it. And if it's not, you can stop listening at any point. However, this episode is not just for people who have a sore throat, because I think what I'm going to talk about applies to many different illnesses, and if you've ever had a hard time speaking, and speaking up, and saying what you want... Or in the catchy phrase that goes around, quote, speaking your truth, then this episode is for you. Okay, that's the intro. Now, I feel like I should probably make myself a cup of tea for this one. So hang on a second. Maybe you also want to go get some tea. I'll be right back. Okay, I've got the kettle on and I'll pause again in a minute when it starts to boil. Okay, so I think it's that even just talking about this, like my throat gets sort of like tight and dry because it's still a kind of a nervous thing to talk about. Okay, 
So when I was young, I had a lot of health challenges from as far back as I can remember. Uh, not many of them were the of, I've never spent the night in hospital, but lots of like low grade, uh, like cold, flu, mono, etc. And one of the things that I had, I'm going to say at least three times and then once more in my early adulthood. So we're going to go with like four or five was tonsillitis. So I'd often get a sore throat when I had a cold, but sometimes it got so bad that I had to go on antibiotics. And at least a few of these times it was around Christmas. I remember we didn't grow up watching very much TV, but we had this like black and white, big, like really thick TV uh, that had maybe one or two channels. And I don't know why sometimes we would turn it on. I think maybe it corresponded to when my grandparents were over. Otherwise, it was pretty much just like a dust catching appliance. Uh, but I remember clearly like being being sick at Christmas time, staying up, watching this woman sing on the TV. And also, the only good thing about tonsillitis is that my mom would let me eat ice cream whenever I wanted because the like eating becomes very hard because everything hurts touching your throat and ice cream the cold it's kind of like icing the inflammation yeah so I get to eat a lot of ice cream which knowing now I'm lactose intolerant which I didn't know then so that probably wasn't helping things and a lot of my I have a different perspective on my health challenges now uh, in what was happening in my childhood and, um, a deeper understanding of the different kinds of stresses that my little body was under. I say that with some compassion and my hand goes up to my heart, um, because I was, I was a, I was like a bodily weak, but trying to be strong and in some ways so resilient little girl. And there was a lot of covert stress. Is that the word? I guess some of it was overt, but uh, yeah, stress between my parents and their separation and the way that my mom handled that in regards to me. And uh, some of it was hmm, it was just complicated. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I learned to be good and nice and quiet. And I learned that uh, I could get attention when I was sick. And I don't think I ever faked sickness. But I think that my wise little body um, knew that sometimes the safest thing to do was be sick. That might sound very strange. Uh, or it might land, depending on what your experience has been. Yeah. And I didn't say controversial things. <laughs> and as I've mentioned before, I don't think my mom listens to this podcast. If she does, that will be a new stage of our relationship, which I'm not sure we're ready for. Um, okay, so moving on. The last time I had tonsillitis, I was about 23 that's like a decade ago and oh man that's like I feel like I should have had a celebration 
<laughs> I've had a decade without tonsillitis. Uh, yeah, so it was around, it was very close to Christmas time and I got really sick. Specifically, I got anxious before Christmas and I had just been le- I had been like increasingly disassociating my church upbringing and Christmas was therefore complicated. I didn't know how to celebrate it when I didn't want to celebrate Jesus. And I didn't know how to tell my family that. And I was stressed. And I just played along. I was good and nice. And I went to my mother's house for Christmas. And on Boxing Day, I ended up in the hospital. (laughs) Getting... IV because of my tonsils had gotten so inflamed so quickly and it's pretty scary when you like can't swallow and it feels like you're soon not going to be able to breathe and there was something different about this time in that I had this kind of like oh shit feeling like when a a part of me that I hadn't contacted much before that point felt like this was a physical manifestation of my anger and confusion and not saying what I needed around Christmas and wanted like as in what I did or didn't want to celebrate and basically this like physical shoving down of like you know swallowing my words I say with a gulp it's like an inflamed like exactly where you gulp that's like where your tonsils are and it was like that was so angry and it was like my my voice couldn't do the speaking that i that my spirit wanted to and so my body kind of had to do it instead and it's hard for me to explain oh i've got the kettle making noise here hang on a second Okay, I'm back with a steaming hot cup of comforting tea. It's hard for me to explain where that knowing comes from, like what it is in me that knew that there was a correlation. And I'm by no means saying that there is always a correlation between an emotional issue and a physical manifestation. Some people would go so far as to say that there is. And that doesn't seem like my department to call make the call on. Uh, yeah, it seems a bit too uh, too sticky to make that call for everybody in all circumstances. But in my case, and maybe in yours, there was this knowing inside of me that my tonsillitis had to do with not speaking up, with like gulping something down. And once I got through the, you know, the worst of it, like the days of antibiotics and things started to physically calm down a bit and I was like out of the woods, so to speak, I I continued to have this sense like that I had, that I could have avoided the physical tonsillitis if I had spoken up. But it's almost like I couldn't speak up yet because I was too scared. And so, like many times when I was young, the the best option was to to get sick. 
And I think that the, as speaking about a child's experience is even harder because there's less awareness. And so I, by no means, this isn't about like faulting my younger self for getting sick or even my 23 year old self or me now, like whatever. It's, it's not a, this is not a fault exercise. Uh, it's just about saying that I felt that there was a correlation between speaking up and healing my throat. And so I went back to the little cabin that I was living in, in the woods on one of the Gulf Islands near here. I live on Vancouver Island in Canada on the West Coast. And there's a big island, the one I live on, Vancouver Island, and there's a bunch of smaller islands around here. And I lived on one of them uh, for a few years. And that's where I went back to after this tonsillitis bout. Back to like no running water, no powered in electricity, really rustic. And uh, there was a man courting me who brought me soup and yeah, started to heal. And to be clear, when I was in the hospital, the, the verdict was like, okay, once you heal enough, then you're coming back for surgery because you've had reoccurring tonsillitis and one of your tonsils is perpetually big. So we're just going to take them out. And I was, this was the first time I had made like a significant adult health decision. I'm not sure why my mom never opted for that a tonsillectomy when I was younger, but it was now my choice at 23. And I said, wait. And as I healed further, I had this sense like my tonsils had something to teach me. And that all things considered, this was like not, not too bad of a way to learn the lesson. That, that if this was a really important lesson for me to learn, I would, it would, it would behoove me. I think that's the phrase. That's funny. That's something my mom would say. Anyways, it would behoove me to learn it with my tonsils and that I was welcome to get my tonsils taken out, but then I would still have the lesson to learn which was fine. I would learn it some other way, but I kind of had this sense like, well, if I can learn it now, I can keep this part of my biology and that seems preferable. So I'll try and heal it. And it was the first time I have in my adult life, like significantly listened to my own bodily, like knowing or wisdom in kind of a mystical sense. And uh, allowing myself more time to do that instead of just jumping at the first thing that uh, someone in authority, in this case a doctor, told me. Again, there's like part of this discretion is knowing what things you can like try this out with and what things you can't. Some matters of life or death, you may not want to just, you know, try and heal through the metaphor. So please make a good call about when it's like safe to experiment with this concept. You know, like when I was at the acute stage, I needed antibiotics. And then as I was healing, I could start to think about the you know, energetic metaphor underneath this. So I want that to be clear. So I, I started on this kind of mission to heal my throat. And I believed, and I still do believe that speaking up was a 
was an important part of that, that I was learning to energetically clear. So in chakra words, this is like the the throat chakra, which is about self-expression and truth speaking and speaking up. And that by practicing that and developing that skill more, I would strengthen my throat chakra and heal my tonsillitis. And as I mentioned before, I'm happy to report I have not had tonsillitis since. I, However, my throat remains like my, kind of like my canary in the coal mine, this, uh, this vulnerable place that is easily um, activate, like easily, yeah, activated or tender and I can get a sore throat from stress, from just holding down a bit of what I need to say. In those first months afterwards, I I made this funny neck warmer for myself. I wish I still had it because it feels like a magic item. But I crafted a neck warmer out of, it was like out of an old wool slipper, like sheepskin slipper. So it was kind of like leathery and, and wooly. And I took just the sort of wraparound part of the slipper and took off the base and then made this kind of neck warmer thing with a pretty button. And I was living in a pretty small community and getting to know some wonderful down-to-earth folks at potlucks. That's like a everybody bring food and share event. And... I I felt like they would understand my the mission I'd developed for myself about healing my throat through speaking and through just paying more attention to my expression. And I remember this one potluck feeling a bit nervous, but also brave, and explaining this to my friends and asking if they could put some love into this neck warmer I'd made. And it kind of It kind of chokes me up thinking about it, actually. Because hmm. uh, I can, I've got my hand on my throat now, and I, it's like I can kind of still feel their love. And I was so, I feel like when I, when I sort of reach back to that person, I was so young still and so tender, and I was trying to figure out how to be my own health authority. And... These kind people passed this re- very strange neck warmer around. And they all put some love into it and I can feel it. And I can still feel it. <laughs> wow, I didn't expect that was so emotional still. Yeah, I remember one of them rubbed an essential oil on it. And they it was like they were all giving silent prayers to this object that was going to help me. And that man who who, who was courting me was so supportive and uh, he ended up moving into my little cabin with me and he, he understood this idea of my throat being connected to my expression and I remember for months afterwards I would sometimes come home and I'd say oh my throat's sore and he'd say okay what do you need to say like what do you need to talk about And sometimes I would talk about it, what was bothering me. Uh, And sometimes I would say, 
no, I'm not ready. And I, my throat would just hurt because sometimes it was easier to have a sore throat than to speak up and say what was bothering me. That was too scary. So I developed this kind of like compassionate uh, radar system in my throat. Yeah, and still now it feels like a tender place. And the other part that happened in those months after is that I started having a radio show. That little island had its own, probably still does, have its own, uh, like, under the radio, no, like, a pirate radio station, just, like, not official. And it's in, like, a little tiny travel trailer at the back of a sheep field is, like, the radio office. And there's an antenna really far up a tree on the cliff behind it. And almost anyone, like, can have a radio show. <laughs> I don't think there's any any regulations around who or who doesn't. You just basically have to be a keener. And so I had this Friday night radio show. Uh, I think it was, like, an hour or two long. And it was called Yours Truly. And it was basically the, the first iteration of this podcast. Except for that I played a lot more music. So I just, it was like me making a mixtape every week and I would also read poetry and give a few thoughts about the poems or the songs and uh, speaking into this microphone not knowing if anybody was listening this is like 10 years ago so before podcasts were popular or maybe even a thing and I I remember knowing that I was practicing this is like my physical therapy for tonsillitis was to just practice speaking and it's so interesting to me now to reflect on that, of how comfortable I've become since speaking, like public speaking and podcast speaking. And still there's times when interpersonally speaking up and saying what I'm feeling and what I want or what I need is really challenging for me. I can still pretend stumble over my words when I know exactly what I want to say. And that is feels like it's a life lesson of mine. It feels like it's also something I'm healing, like, in my family. In another episode, I'm going to talk about ancestors and more, like, lineage stuff. Uh, but for now, I'll say that I think both genetically and energetically, we inherit traits and abilities and weaknesses from our family, from our ancestors. And so in my case, I believe I come from a lineage of people, particularly women, who didn't have the opportunity or the strength or the safety to really speak up, to know what they wanted, know who they are, and say so. Or that maybe people who did so were punished and it wasn't safe. Uh, that yeah, when I think of my mother and my grandmother, I don't feel like they were safe expressing themselves. I feel like there was a lot of, like, pushing down of what they wanted to say. And so it feels like there's also this big story that's shifting by me learning how to speak up. And that my tonsils are this physical little tiny organ that I could live without but I'm really glad I still have them because of what they're teaching me. 
how they're teaching me to speak up. Yeah. So I hope that this encourages you both, even if you don't have a sore throat, (laughs) to practice speaking up and uh, learning how to say what you're feeling, say what you need, even learn how to express yourself in words or physical action. English is limited in some ways and sufficient in others. And it's what a lot of us work with as far as expression. So there's that hope that you would feel more confident in expressing yourself. And then the other part is that there may be something completely else going on with your body that isn't your tonsils, but it's something that somewhere in you feels like it's teaching you something and it's not pleasant and it's like uncomfortable and please if it's really severe go to the doctor but you may I mean you may know what it's about and one of the questions I love when somebody tender asks me when I'm not feeling well and they ask do you know what this is about I think it's it's a question that all doctors should ask all the caretakers, caregivers. Uh, do you see that difference? Caretaking and caregiving? We could get into that in another one. Anyways, it's a, such a beautiful question. Do you know what this is about? Because it trusts that the person experiencing the symptoms, they're, they're the one who knows what's going on. Like, they're the one that's been in the body the longest. And we may not have a technical understanding of what's happening, but we have an experienced lived in knowledge of what it's like to be us and what it's about. And I believe that we know more about what is causing our symptoms and what could help us than we probably often give ourselves credit for in the way we've been raised in this culture. So I tell you this story to hopefully give you some courage that if you have that voice inside you that knows what it's about, knows what you're why not even why like knows what it's linked to the thing that you're experiencing in your body that this would give you a little bit of courage to give that some credit and maybe it means talking to your counselor about your physical symptoms maybe it means talking to your doctor about your emotional state maybe it means telling a trusted friend hey I think these two are connected and I know it sounds weird but and you will be surprised how many people might go oh my god yeah And I think we need to be careful, like I said a while ago, not to prescribe onto other people what their symptoms are about. I'm not telling you that if you have tonsillitis, you are for sure not speaking your truth, quote unquote. I don't know. I'm not you. This is what happened to me. And I want you to consider what you're experiencing and if if you know what it's about. And there may be a a safe way to just try giving that some weight. Most of the things that you might try emotionally and supportively, like making a a strange neck warmer and passing it around a group of friends that might seem like more like a magical technique, most of those are compatible with doing whatever else you think is wise. And I believe that that kind of magic is powerful because the layers at which we're experiencing reality is more than just the layer at which antibiotics works. 
I'm super grateful for that layer. And I also think there's other layers. So we might as well treat our symptoms at all the layers we can think of. Yeah. And I'm also grateful that you're listening to this because it feels like in the long arc of healing my tonsils, this is this podcast, this having a, a small audience that listens is part of that. So thank you. It's almost like that healing circle has like extended now. And even though I've lost the goofy neck warmer, I feel like uh, some of these interactions, when you receive what I'm saying, uh, is part of that continued healing for me and learning to speak up. So thank you. Thanks for listening. And if you'd like to connect about this topic or anything else that has been twirling around these subjects of magic and real life and magic for realists, please get in touch. The best way to do so is on Instagram, as I mentioned, which is magic for realists. And the website's by the same name, magicforrealists.ca. And I'd also be totally honored if you shared this with somebody else. There's quite a few different episodes now that you've probably listened to, unless this for, is happens to be your first one. Uh, so maybe pick one of those episodes that... And if you... Uh, I've had this lately where it always feels a little bit scary to share a podcast with somebody else. You know, like maybe if they don't like it, they won't like me. But I just recently shared a, like what I would consider like a risky podcast. Like it was a little bit weird. And I shared it with somebody who I had this inkling would like it. And that gave them this giant disclaimer of like, maybe this is really weird, but maybe you'll like it. And they messaged back and said like, wow, that was really, really helpful. Thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for going out on a limb. That really touched me. So I'm not sure how weird you consider my podcast to be or this episode in particular, but this is my little nudge that if you have thought of somebody while you listen to this or while you listen to another one, then just send it to them. That would be great. And you might make their day, might really help. And you might end up making my day because when a new listener gets in touch with me, I feel thrilled and it can lead all sorts of interesting places. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> okay. And uh, lastly, if you'd like to support this show, uh-oh, something, oh, I'm just scared. I'm scared I'm about to lose everything I just recorded. Whew. Okay, that didn't happen. Sorry about that. As you can tell, this is a very uh, real recording. It's just real live me talking. Ah, uh, okay, if you have enjoyed this show and you would like to physically support it, uh, you can put some money effectively in like a tip jar through Patreon. You can just look up Magic for Realists on Patreon and you could become a monthly $4 or more subscriber and that would be super great. And uh, I just renewed the sort of like money costs associated with this podcast for the year. So I've been thinking about those. And if you want to be a part of contributing to that, that would be awesome. If not, you are totally welcome to keep listening for free because I'm going to keep practicing talking and I'm sending you a, a gentle rub for your throat and wishing you some magic in your real world. Until next time. Bye. Thank you.